Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. <laughs> wow, this is awful. This is going horribly so far. Our chemistry is completely off. We wanted to record a special message before this episode started because we are planning a very special holiday episode that is going to be called the Holiday Earnestness Bonanza. You know, so often George and I are accused of being ironic, insincere, and most of all, um, uh, not earnest. But, exactly. <laughs> but that all ends now. We've heard the critiques. We've heard you shouting in the streets. And we have decided to listen and learn. And we are we gonna... have we have brought on Ira Glass as a consulting producer, and he is going to take any sense of irony out of this little project. And by this time next year, we are going to be touring and selling out arenas featuring David Sedaris. <laughs> Who we love and has never made a mistake. Wait, I actually do think David Sedaris is... I, David Sedaris does have a sense of irony. In fact, if there's anything the last few days have taught us, it's that other people don't when it comes to his work. Yeah, so actually we are dropping David Sedaris from the holiday honesty, earnesty bonanza tour. Yeah, David uh, Sedaris, sorry, sweaty, you are not <laughs> invited to the holiday earnestness bonanza. Okay. But you know who is? Uh, the entire uh, Pod Save America crew. <laughs> So, George, we're doing it again. We're going into these bits about, you know, people and other podcasters. And sorry, sorry. Here, let me try. Okay, this is my attempt at being earnest. I am unhappy. <laughs> Here's mine. I'm in a bad mood. Um, okay, so what we need, actually, is for listeners. That's you guys. If you can hear this, guess what? You're a listener, bitch. 
uh, we need you to uh, send us um, some questions about what you want to know about us, because we want to be fully transparent, fully accountable. So send us uh, cues about us to um, stradiolab at gmail.com. And we're going to answer them on our holiday earnestness bonanza. Exactly. Just to, to clarify, in case anyone doesn't get it, this is a Q&A episode with no guest, just George and Sam, unfiltered, raw, <laughs> unlubricated, absolutely, uh, what's the word? Bare-backing <laughs> questions from our listeners. Oh, God. And if that doesn't entice you, well, then you're homophobic. Yeah. Maybe try joining the Westboro Baptist Church. Well, I think we absolutely crushed this intro. And now it is time for you to listen to the rest of this episode. Um, did we nail it? Did, is it clear what's going on? Just, just to be clear. What's going on is we are soliciting questions that you can email to our email, stradiolab at gmail.com that we will then answer in a special holiday episode that will be released around Christmas and New Year's. Uh, that will be a slightly different episode, but just as fun. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's as literally as clear as it gets. Send like... us questions at stradiolab <laughs> at gmail.com. That is the point of this intro that we are recording from miles away. Yeah. If, if we put this at the beginning of more than one episode, I think people are going to get annoyed. Podcast starts now. What's up, Stradios, Stradio Heads, Stradio Lab Lizards. Glamour Girls. <laughs> Glamour Girls and Gals and Geese. Um, <laughs> what if uh, we started referring to our listeners as Glamour Girls for no reason? <laughs> I think, uh, on the one hand, I think it's genius. I think it's obviously no. the correct move. On the other hand, I do worry it's a hat on a hat. No, I'm sorry, but it actually, we are doing it. <laughs> Okay, let's restart the podcast. Okay. What's up, Glamour Girls? What's up, Glamour Girls? <laughs> You're listening to Stradio Lab. How my Glamour Girls doing today? Glamour Girls say what? <laughs> Glamour Girls, if you're on the train and you're listening to this, I just want you to give a hootie hoo out loud and let the world know that you're a Glamour Girl and you're listening to Stradio Lab. Give a hootie hoo, Glamour Girls. <laughs> hootie hoo. That's the new RuPaul track. Give a hootie hoo, Glamour Girls. <laughs> I, I think that is a great track. I think Glamour Girls is such a funny uh, phrase. And I see it. I see, you know, we're, we're, we're always talking about our merch. And Glamour Girls, I can see the, like, cursive glittery font. I can yeah. see um, sort of the newsboy cap that was, like, popular oh in, God, like, 2001. Yes. Uh, like, I see a Sarah Jessica Parker wearing this look. Um and I see it on the runway in Paris. Oh, oh it's it's editorial, first of all. <laughs> some things are runway, some things are editorial, but this is the rare thing, like newsboy caps, that's both runway and editorial. <laughs> I To be a glamour girl means to be both <laughs> runway and editorial. <laughs> to be a glamour girl, well, it's to be chic, but it's also to be practical. To be a Exactly. That's the thing with a newsboy cap. It's like it's also um what's the word I'm looking for? Not pragmatic. What like um, util uh, utilitarian? Utilitarian? It's no. That's not the right word. 
Okay, uh, Nori's nodding. Utilitarian. As I was saying, newsboy caps are utilitarian. And that's something that every glamour girl needs to be. <laughs> if you're a glamour girl, you need to be ready on the go. And that means you need a newsboy cap that fits in your pocket. First of all, glamour girls, yeah, they deliver the news. <laughs> How you know you're a glamour girl if you are runway editorial and full-on investigative journalism. Like when you say when we say editorial, it's not that you're like doing a photo shoot. It's like, it's you like you're are reporting you're writing. on the news. You're writing a piece that's going to take down the pharmaceutical industry. You're literally Jane Mayer is the ultimate glamour girl. Oh my god! Oh, wow, that's why the glamour girls are on the subway because everyone else is uh, at home, but they ha- are chasing a new. They're lead. essential workers. <laughs> glamour, if you are. Glam- if you are a glamour girl, that means you're an essential worker. In fact, glamour girls is actually a, a misguided advertising campaign in the, in the COVID era where we where we try to make essential workers more glamorous. And it's like some poor nurse and we put a sparkly newsboy cap on her and we say, glamour girl. <laughs> glamour girl. I mean, isn't that essentially what Queer Eye is? Yeah. Moment of silence for that. <laughs> moment of silence for that that's really sad that we invented queer eye yeah it's sort of queer um, eye is literally pointing to people that are essential workers and going glamour girl <laughs> you are a glamour girl you, you are, are a glamour girl, girl. <laughs> i think you know it's sort of um what's convergent evolution what uh, okay smart <laughs> yeah take that julio episode i'm being smart um uh, please refer back to the previous episode. Refer back to the Julio episode. <laughs> in which I was uh, dumb the whole time. Um, uh, convergent evolution of like, you know, we all, like everything turns into crab eventually. Uh, wow, I had never, I didn't know that. That doesn't sound very glamour girl to me. Well, the thing is, gay people, um, yeah. no matter what, we evolve into being queer eye. Yeah. Oh, we I thought we were think. inventing something new, but convergent evolution no, we that just ended up being queer makes... eye again. That makes so much sense. And I'm not just humoring you. I actually think that's brilliant. Thank you. Because if you were humoring me, I would be furious because I can tell. You can tell when I'm being condescending. Yeah. And I can tell when you're letting something slide. And I can tell you have something on your mind that you need to say that you're not saying. And I can tell because we host a podcast together. And that is a bond that uh, some would say is almost psychic. It's psychic, stronger than it's legal, stronger than marriage, stronger than blood. Unfortunately, when I die, you will be <laughs> the one pulling the plug, <laughs> regardless of whether or not, you know, I it'll be a Terry Shivo situation. All the glamour girls will be protesting and they will say, let George live. And then you will say, I know what's best for my co-host. I know that if I know that what he wanted was to die and I know that he and then everyone will say he's not even sick, like he's sleeping. And you oh say, God. I know what's best for George, my friend and co-host. <laughs> to to be the one to pull your plug as your podcast co-host, <laughs> I think would be such a powerful image. And um, I mean, what a story to tell! It's something that all the girlies can relate to. <laughs> this is definitely that feeling when you pull the plug on your podcast <laughs> host. <laughs> My face when I pull the plug on my podcast host, <laughs> much to the chagrin of my fans, the Glamour Girls. <laughs> That's a relatable meme. I'm going to, it's Jane Lynch meme. I'm going to pull a plug that is so, <laughs> that is so on my podcast <laughs> I'm going to pull a plug that is so on my podcast host. 
and and thereby creating a rift within the glamour girl okay. <laughs> make that meme now if you care at all about going viral you will make this meme this moment in time and you will tweet it out and it will go mega viral you're looking at fame you're looking at money cars babes this is what is on the table if you make this meme Sam, would you say you got into comedy for the babes? Dude, I got into comedy to get laid straight up. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> God, I have to say that was one of our most joke dense intros we've ever done. Yeah, I think people are going to um, scour over this text. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're going to, for generations, uh, return generations. to this intro and reflect on what it meant. <laughs> This is very much going to be like when people are like, have you listened to the Comedy Bang Bang episode with Adam Scott where he plays John Kerry? And it's like, no. (laughs) That's going to be the Glamour Girls version of this. Wow. I mean, to make history on a day that I just thought would be, you know, a normal podcast recording. I did too. I'm honestly surprised and I'm proud. I'm surprised. I'm proud. And I'm horny. (laughs) I think um, that's a great combo because uh, this is going to be so funny that you're going to be swimming in um, poon after this. <laughs> Let me say something about it. Nori's face. I feel awful. I feel awful for saying that. Let me say something about Nori. I This is someone who I've never met in real life. Everyone, everyone says Nori's the funniest person I've ever met. Drew, uh, past Straighter Lab guest Drew Anderson literally said to me, funniest person I know. And I said, what's up with that? <laughs> and I, she doesn't seem funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, she seems, I said, she seems like more of a dramatic actress. What's, what's going on? But then I realized she's a glamour girl. And the biggest, the biggest quality of glamour girls is, say it with me, they are versatile. Versatile. In that they can do both drama and comedy. All glamour girls can do both, and that. And without further ado, this is our first glamour girl guest. <laughs> please, please put your wings together. Give a big glamour girl hootie who for <laughs> glamour girl hootie who to Nori fucking Reed. Hi, Hi Nori. Yeah. Hi, can I just, before we move on, I I just have to say, I have so many thoughts. That was, such, like you said, it was such a joke-dense intro. I have so many thoughts. I'm so sorry. Terry Schiavo may be the first Glamour Girl. <laughs> oh, my God. Right? <laughs> Terry Schiavo. Without Terry, we, without Terry, there would be no Stradio Lab. No. Terry is the blueprint. Terry, Terry is the blueprint. Let me tell you something. Let's talk about someone who can do both drama and comedy. Terry fucking Schiavo. Yes. Remember when they had the balloon? And they were like, they were like moving the balloon. What a glamour girl moment! Yeah, I'm, yeah. Terry Shiva was all glamour girl moments. I mean, she was talk about a showstopper. Someone who got mm-hmm. lips flapping. Yeah, Diva. we are teaching Diva. the children. We are teaching the children about Terry because the children are sleeping on Terry. Children about gay icon Terry Shiva. That's gonna be my snatch game. That's good. Oh, that's an amazing snatch game. My that's snatch genius. game is gonna be me. <laughs> Being completely silent. <laughs> no. Oh, no. All right. Uh, rock comedy. Because if there's a balloon, and then yeah. the balloon comes, and then, and then the balloon, you wake up. I mean, then suddenly you're the winner. Mm-hmm. 
Well. Well. <laughs> well, well. Let's sit with that for a let's second. Let's sit with that for a second. Um, I know, do want to say, as we always do, our apologies. Sincere. Yeah, I think I would love to start up top also by saying sorry. 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 And mostly sorry. Sorry. Because there's nothing I love more than a sorry that sounds like an attack. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, empty. And yet full of, of vitriol. Full of vitriol. I mean, to apologize is to admit defeat. Something a glamour girl would never do. Nori, when was the last time you apologized for something? Oh, God. I I have roommates, and so I'm, like, constantly apologizing. Because it's, like, always, like, um, I'm sorry. Like, I have to make eggs. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> the experience <laughs> of having roommates is absolutely apologizing for making eggs. <laughs> no, constantly. Yeah, um, like watching a movie and being like, sorry. sorry. It's like, that's just kind of, of the... like, also just like apologizing for your presence in passing. Like people are on the couch and you pass by the living room and you're just like, sorry. And then you go sorry. into your room. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And the bathroom's like far from my room. So I'm always in like a towel. You know, like when you're like in a towel and you're yeah. like, sorry. Right. 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 Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to have a body. I did. This <laughs> wasn't. Yeah. Constantly apologizing. Right. You know, when I had roommates, all I wanted in this world was to walk from my room to the bathroom in my underwear and not feel like a sexual pervert. Right. Um, and now that I don't have roommates, I uh, can walk around in my underwear all I want, and it's completely lost its luster. It's mm. it's 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 uncomfortable. I'd rather put on sweatpants. It's not fun. Wow, way to brag about not having roommates when our yeah. guest just wow. was vulnerable enough oh my God. to share. Wow. <laughs> wow. Must be nice. You know, Nori, Nori it's keep, so interesting that you have roommates. I don't. Is that, do, is that, I guess that's not relatable to you since you have them. Okay, I'm, I'm just trying to like talk about my experience a little. Like, is that so crazy? Like, well, Sam, I'm not going to pretend I do have a roommate. That's true. I have a. I live with a boyfriend. A live-in boy toy. Okay, okay, the brags continue. <laughs> oh my god, it's like, I'm sorry. It's like, oh, actually, I do have a roommate. It's my. It's the boyfriend who loves me unconditionally. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? I mean, it's like, am I supposed to, like, <laughs> I don't know, pretend to not be loved, like, for the pod? Like, that's so messed up god. to be so disingenuous. Like, is it glamour girl to, right. girl to be loved? I don't think glamour girls are loved. Exactly. I agree. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know. Okay, well, that, jumping off that, are glamour girls despised? Hmm. <laughs> I think I think they're um, I think they're objectified. Yes, of course. I think objectified, but I think that they they do not experience the true love. Mm. Right. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're objectified, but not because they're hot, because they're like, because people are like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how like, you know how like, um, like genius comes from like not being loved or like, or like, yeah, like so much of like, of incredible work comes from like a wounded person. Right. I feel uh-huh. like a glamour girl kind of fits into that. Like, why is she so glamorous? Why? Oh. <laughs> wow. She's- She's deeply wounded. <laughs> oh my a god! Girl being interviewed. Why are you so glamorous? <laughs> being wounded. Wounded. Deep wound. 
Wow. <laughs> and, and I, this whole time, thought Glamour Girls were just fun reporters on the scene. Um, but why do you think they got into reporting? And it's because they pursue truth and because, because they, they pursue truth. And they want justice and the wounds. They were bullied in high school and they just tears streaming down their face in the mirror. They said, I'm going to expose the pharmaceutical industry. (laughs) Yeah. So which um, vaccine are you guys most excited about? Good question. I love the silence. (laughs) I love the silence. No, a podcast should be silent. I've always said. (laughs) A podcast should be silent. (laughs) Sometimes, carry on the mic. sometimes you just want to put on a podcast and hear nothing like you want to be listening yeah. to something but you don't want it to be making any noise oh that's very um ambient you know how like the new the new movement is ambient tv yes yes yeah ambient podcast I, oh my god that is so first of all thank you for bringing up the the new yorker piece the rise of ambient tv in which someone posits that in fact it that is something that just occurred um, and also thank you for bringing up the idea of an ambient podcast. It is something Sam and I have been pioneering for a while now. All our glamour <laughs> girls are actually, um, unconscious. <laughs> no, we can't, we can't bring it back there, George. Okay, we no, we can't bring it back. back. We cannot bring it back. We cannot go back. We've there. already come so far. No, but Terry does love an ambient <laughs> podcast. Um, well, Nori, should we do yeah. our first segment, Sam? I think that's actually a good idea, weirdly. Yeah, it's actually an out-of-the-box idea. Yeah, it's kind of fresh and fun, and no one no one else is doing their first segment right now. So I think for us to do it is like very original. Yes. People do always talk about second, third segments, but not first. No. And, you know, this is just another way that we continue to deconstruct and reinvent what a podcast is. Right. Well, and we should tell Nori, Nori, a big part of this podcast is... It's basically a behind-the-scenes featurette about the making of a podcast that is never released. I think that's a good way to think about it. Oh, the prestige. Yes. Yes. In a way. Right. Well, we are, we're acting out ourselves um, uh, only until we can be replaced by A-list prestige actors. Mm. I'm going to be played by the girl from The Queen's Gambit. Yes, the eyes. You got. You both have those. I do. I have giant, yes, just giant eyes, and so far apart, I look like a like a little um you said iguana. It. I didn't. Say yeah, it. you said that. <laughs> you said that. Okay, so this we person- love um, talking about women's flaws on this podcast. <laughs> the wound. The wound. The wound. I mean, we're we're inventing the army of glamour girls. It's us that is wounding them, <laughs> <laughs> and that is what causes them to be so glamorous and such powerful journalists. Who's um, playing you, Sam? Which, what? Mm-hmm. Who's playing you? Who's who's your? <sighs> that is a really good question. Who is playing me, Amy Adams? Oh. Mm. I was going to say Lily Collins so that we were each played by stars of recent Netflix hits. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm on a different wave than you. I feel like it's so unfair that you get to be played by Amy Adams and I'm played by <laughs> Anya Taylor-Joy. <laughs> I think that's an iconic pairing. And I think uh, it'll bring new audiences, uh, both of these actresses, you know? Does that make sense? Hold on, can I do something I extremely embarrassing? Are you going to go to the bathroom? No, watch this. I'm going to do this again. Hey Siri, bedroom on. Oh my god, he looks. 
<laughs> oh, it worked this time. It worked this time. <laughs> okay, so just to recap, Nori mentioned having roommates. Then you said, <laughs> I don't have roommates. I live with my significant other who loves me. And I control the light in my room from my phone. <laughs> well, my boyfriend's a techie. So, you know, he, he sets up all the oh lights. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> my God. Wow. Are you gentrifying? Are you in bed Are you gentrifying that too? <laughs> I'm in Bushwick. Um, I'm tasting Bushwick. Bushwick. You know, from HBO's Girls. Does he work? Does he work for Google or Amazon or one of those villainous tech giants? No, he actually just got fired. So my life is not so perfect. He actually just lost his job at Refinery29. Yeah, the oh. the tech conglomerate, the giant <laughs> tech corporation Refinery29 heartlessly fired Misha. Right before the holiday season. Merry Christmas, bitch. You're fired. <laughs> wow. What if Refinery29 was behind Google, Apple, all of it? Honestly, Nori, I think you might be onto something. I, I would not know. be surprised. If, I would not be surprised if it came out that Refinery Twenty Nine owns all <laughs> the major tech platforms. And I would just say, if any glamour girls are listening and are looking for a lead, start at Refinery Twenty Nine because I, I think, think this is bigger than we think. I have to agree. Yes, glamour girls have to investigate Refinery Twenty Nine. <laughs> They are perfectly equipped to do it because they are already refinery twenty nine is like isn't a refinery hmm? like oil? <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> refinery twenty nine is literally big oil. Big, big oil, oil owns big tech. Big oh oil owns god. big tech. Also it's all a, a pyramid scheme and refinery twenty nine is selling through affiliate links skincare products made from big oil. Oh my god. Halliburton. I can't believe we've cracked and the Hall. case. It's Halliburton. <laughs> it's Halliburton. <laughs> that feeling when it's Halliburton. Blackwater mercenary armies. <laughs> I'm going to create a Blackwater mercenary army that is so Halliburton. <laughs> <laughs> God, this is... Um, Ooh. This is a... <laughs> I do think we kind of cracked that. <laughs> yeah, we, now, I mean, we have to do our first segment now. Okay, Nori, our first segment is called Straight Shooters, and it is where we test your knowledge of straight culture... Now, here's the thing. We're going to ask you a series of questions where you have to choose between two things that we give you. So often people are tempted to ask follow-up questions such as, wait, am I picking the straighter one? Wait, am I picking the one I like? To which we say, shut up for a single second and do what we're telling you. <laughs> Does that make sense? Um, yes. So, Nori, Cosmo or Wanda? Like, which one's straighter? Are we... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so upset. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm a glamour girl. I, I speak the truth. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Cosmo or Wanda? Um, From the Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, it's a t television show. Um, I'm going to go with Wanda. Okay. Whoa. Okay, engage your core or engage your girlfriend? I'm going to say engage your core. Mm. Aesop's fables or Aesop's skincare products? Refinery. Ooh, yeah, I would say, you know, 10 years ago, fables. Now, <laughs> skincare. Wow. <laughs> wow. 
how the world has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that feeling when or my face when? My face when. Hmm. Angels in America. Huh? Oh, good point. There's no feeling. Oh no. No. <laughs> Angels in America starring Andrew Garfield or Angelina Jolie as Maleficent? Oh, well, I'm, this is a trap because, like, eight. Because what? Just Nothing. Um, uh, <laughs> Ma- <laughs> Maleficent. Okay. Multi-hyphenate or multivitamin? Oh, um... Oh, multi-hyphenate because of the, like, the three last names. Mm, yeah. That's mm-hmm. very straight. Secretly plagiarizing someone else's work or openly plagiarizing someone else's work, but it's okay because originality is a modernist value. Oh. oh. Hmm. The word that comes to mind is legacy. And legacy is ultimately very queer. Um, so I'm going to go yeah. with, with the first one you said. The first one. Okay. I have to say, Nori, it seems to me like you are thinking about these way more deeply than we ever did. <laughs> I would that have to agree. I would have to second that thought. Um, I have one more. CDs, oh, no. DVDs, or EKGs? Oh, EKG being a heart monitor situation electronic wave it's like sure. an EKG. um i feel like people are always dying so i'm gonna go with ekg straight people are always dying <laughs> always <laughs> oh my I god that. oh that, that is so true good. um well george what do you think what the privilege the privilege of it dying. is right the privilege of dying i wish i could die but I, I'm too busy being glamorous and an icon for <laughs> <laughs> for everyone out there. <laughs> I it is such a it's it's such a um curse being timeless because I wish I could be contained in time. Yeah. So we usually rate our guest performance on a scale of one to one thousand doves, and I have to say, to me, that's a one thousand. I was going to say one thousand and one. Oh my Whoa. god. Because yeah, you know, you. No, a, a lot of these guests they come on here, and they they sure they nod, they listen, they oh yeah 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 yeah. But you really thought about it, and and you could tell that you were thinking correctly about it. Right to me, it was like these questions are designed to throw you off, and your answer was like, okay, you're already starting with a full knowledge of why the two things are being paired with one another. If anything, with more knowledge than we ever had going into it. Mm-hmm. Would you, you say you're all about knowledge? You know, it's funny because as someone who is all about knowledge, I I can't get a writing job. I've yeah, I've submitted well, so many packets. Um, I, I don't know. Really preaching to the choir. <laughs> Almost like yeah. you knew what we were talking about before you joined this Zoom. Because that's what packets are. It's like packet packets are like we're not going to give you any context, but we want you to take this prompt. Sure. And and like do something magical with it. But we're not gonna actually tell you anything. Yes. 
Yeah. So for anyone not in the entertainment industry, first of all, how sad. <laughs> and second of all, writing packets are kind of applications that you do when you want to be a writer on a television series. And they basically ask you to write anywhere from six to 1,000 pages for yeah. free that then are not read. And then they hire um, a famous kind person. of like a girl on Twitter who created the Jane Lynch meme. yeah it's an awesome way to uh get dehumanized and feel bad about yourself because i feel like this industry often lifts up voices but uh, like it doesn't put down voices enough and packets really balance the scale and um, uh, bring us down um to depths that are very dark and i think that can be really helpful one thing that packets do which is so cool is that they put down diverse voices (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and 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 i think the f- the free work element is really cool too i i think like how limiting that is um is awesome sauce yeah which do you think is more awesome sauce free work or the illusion of a meritocracy <laughs> oh my god mm. um that's a good question i think the illusion of a meritocracy is weirdly less awesome sauce yeah, I would have to agree. <laughs> I think if if um <laughs> I think if everyone was doing free work and there was complete meritocracy, I would be winning. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the confidence of this bitch. You need to do more packets. <laughs> Get brought down to earth. <laughs> when I first started submitting packets, my my manager would like give me like really specific compliments like like as in like oh like that joke you told at the end and as time's gone by the compliments become less specific and then now i'll send it to her and she'll be like you sent it like, <laughs> and it's like oh okay you, your voice yeah you, this is uh, in your voice yeah yeah this is you this is your email this is your <laughs> email <laughs> Yeah. We really want to recommend our client Nori Reed. It this is her. <laughs> she she, used, she used it. Google. She, this is her. This is her. Oh my god. Kill yeah, me. I sometimes when somebody responds to something like when I submit one of those and somebody is like, "Oh, I, like this part was good." I'm like, "Wait, people read these?" I've always imagined them going directly into the garbage. And I, yeah. I sort of wrote them as with that in mind. <laughs> right. Yeah. I always make sure to write mine um, specifically so that they can get thrown out and may, and really make a splash in the trash community. I, yeah, I, oh my God. It's like, it's so funny because I feel like this industry is so hard, like outside of the pandemic. And then right. like in the pandemic, it's like, what is this? Like what are here's my experience. Here's my experience of of this industry in the pandemic is you're like, oh well, you know what? It's the great equalizer. No one's getting work. And then the next day someone's like, I got my own show. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. No names. I won't mention names, but I went to like uh like towards the like I would say like two or three months into the pandemic, I went to like watch Real Housewives at someone's house. And like there it was a comedian and like so that they're like comedians there. And I was feeling so down and just like depressed and like bad about myself and I went there and like we were all sitting outside and then one comedian was like oh my god I just sold a show to Netflix today 
And then everybody was like, oh my God, yay. And I was like, I'm going to kill myself. Like, I'm going to like, I'm <laughs> going to like, oh my God, love that for you. <laughs> I know they were like, oh my God, Nori. They were like, stop. Like, like, but I like, they're like, don't do that. Don't do it. Um, but I was like, I might, like, I don't know. Like, like I thought, I thought we we're on the same, like, can we all just make an agreement to like not do anything? I know. Like, yes. And then the list. They're still doing the list. Oh, the fact that They're they managed to make a list. Like top 20 comedians who got coronavirus. <laughs> like, 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 number one. Yeah, that's a list I would uh, read gladly. Um, top 20 comedians we wish would get coronavirus. Just kidding. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... Uh, Nori, what you're saying is so smart. I feel I'm like sure there was like <laughs> there was uh supposed I don't to be think Sam heard it. Wait, what? what I did I miss something? Name. I said a name. Oh, I, I, I said, need you to bleep I said it out. Comedians, Twitter comedians, um, we wish would get COVID, and then Nori without missing a beat said the name of a comedian. Wait, we can believe it out, but say it again. We no. can't talk about this because okay. we are already to bleep out. This is so bad. I'm. I know. I feel like I feel so naughty. I'm just like, I what know. am I doing? Why am I talking about this stuff? I'm so bad. I'm so naughty. I love that you fully brought it up with no context. <laughs> I'm gonna. I just keep. You know what's funny? I keep pushing the boundary and just like waiting yeah. to be held accountable for my for my actions. And it. I'm yeah. trans. It doesn't have like people are just like. You know, she's a trans woman of color. Let her talk. Like, let her, let her be awful. And it's like, and it just doesn't. I never get held accountable. It's so like you just spewing hate, and everyone's like, she's trans. <laughs> no, like literally. I'm, I'm like, should we kill her? And everyone's like, give her. Listen, let's let her speak. Let her speak. We um, have to hold space. For, for murderous trans women. Listen. Murderous yeah. trans women of color. For I trans women of murder experience, of murdering that experience. Ju- that is called social justice, restorative justice, bringing back. Restorative justice is every trans woman should be allowed to murder. Yes. Thank you. You said it. Again, you <laughs> said that. I did not say that. You said that. <laughs> what if that was my thing? That That's all I did was just be like, you said that. <laughs> just over and over again. <laughs> Like I love that. Right now. I like that as your catchphrase. Oh, I you also think that could be. That. <laughs> I also think that could be a very glamour girl. Like she's she broke a story, and then one of her sources calls her and is like, "I cannot believe you published this." And then she goes, "You said it. You said that. <laughs> you said that. You said that." The honestly, what the issue is is that I'm the type of person that I can't have like. I always like go too deep, like way too fast. Maybe poor boundaries you could maybe define it as. Mm. And so when I first started doing general meetings in Hollywood, uh, that's where I'm, I'm located, Hollywood, California. Hollywood, that's uh-huh. what it's called. Have yeah. you heard of it? It's called Hollywood. And when here's I really up and doing, coming. Yes, yes. When I first started doing generals, I didn't know how to do them because I would talk about really inappropriate things very quickly, and they would get really uncomfortable. Like I was at a twenty-four, like very high up like it's i don't know have you been to a24 like i know this sounds like i'm name dropping and i'm really yes. not i've been to the new york one yes. i've been to the la one the wow. la, one, okay, the LA cool. one is really high up and you can just see like la like all of la and it's I a gorgeous just, office george you have to go gorgeous and I, I i the first thing i said i was like i was like the homelessness problem because <laughs> i see all the encampments and the person was like 
do you want water? Do you want like some water? Like there's water. And I was like, oh, water? Like good luck having water in 20 years in this <laughs> Yeah, you're like, water? And, Ever heard of the rainforest? Probably? Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, who the fuck is this person who like can't just have a normal conversation? So I always like talk it about is- the deep stuff. It's a fine line because you want to go in and you want your spirit to be like, I'm a real one. Like, I'm not going to bullshit you. Like, I'm, I, you know, it's like, listen, you like me or you hate me, blah, 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 blah. But then you always take it a single step too far. I do. Why not you? I mean, I do. I, God, we need to, after this, we will stop talking about, we'll stop doing industry talk. I think it's kind of fun sometimes to vent a little. I love industry talk. I actually love industry talk. I do love it. I think it's juicy. It is juicy, but do you think our listeners, the Glamour Girls, like want to hear about our industry talk? Probably sometimes. I think okay. every once in a well, while. I take ownership. Uh, what I was going to say that. is that in 20... Um, what, Nori? I take ownership. I literally made it about industry. I'm so sorry. No, we, it happens w- much more often than you would think. <laughs> um, we, I, I went in maybe 2016... Went <laughs> had a meeting at MTV and I used as an example of a bad idea rebooting TRL. The next week they announced they were rebooting TRL. <gasps> oh, that is amazing! That's iconic. I the worst of mine was like when I went like for some they were like you know you're gay go meet at Bravo and it's like I. I am I've not seen a single housewives. I don't really know what's on Bravo. It's not my cup of tea. I I mean maybe it is. I just haven't seen it and it's like a huge universe and I'm afraid to dive in. Um and so I go there and then they're like so like you love housewives, right? And I was like yes. <laughs> just like <laughs> and then like just tried to kind of lie my way through it and it uh was real um like rolling up to college discussion without having read the book uh vibes yeah did andy cohen touch you <laughs> no but one time i was at um uh eastern block which is now club coming and he was making out with the dj wow okay one I of our friends is very close to having sex with andy cohen whoa yeah so wait nori what were you saying i used to live in new york and i used to be like a gay like twink and i would go to david barton in Chelsea, I don't know if this ages me or like makes me like 75 years old, but I used to go there and Anderson Cooper was always naked. <gasps> naked? Always? Yeah. Yeah. Are you serious? I'm 100% serious. Yeah. Oh my God. That's very awesome. Hot. Very, very, Wait, very Murray, sexy. What is the time period? Uh, 1954. is <laughs> the first time I was wearing a newsboy cap. And a glamour girl. Um, it was like I don't want to age myself, but it was it was like it was like maybe like you know like oh, you don't of... you don't have to age yourself. Yeah, glamour girls are ageless. <laughs> They're yeah, timeless. I'm ageless. Yeah, ageless and timeless. I um, that's amazing. That's he so hot. hot. He was very he hot. hot. That's the thing with when people are like, like as a he represents everything that is wrong with the world. <laughs> But he is hot. You can't say he's not hot. Like it's you just you can't a, say he's not hot. Well, if it's you're going to be that problematic, you better you be better hot. be hot. You better fucking <laughs> yeah. be hot. Okay, the, that's the true. I mean, I would ugly. Ugh. Although, here's the thing, though. Then you start thinking, okay, what if Trump was hot? 
I mean, <laughs> I think if Trump was hot, we wouldn't have all the issues we have. I feel like Ooh. if he was hot, he would like be a little less wounded and a little mm. less like needing to like yeah. get power and appear wealthy or whatever. Yeah. In many ways, Trump True. is like when Glamour Girl goes wrong. <laughs> it's like he turned his trauma into like his lifestyle rather than becoming an investigative journalist studying <laughs> refinery 29 which yeah. is why we need queer eye culture because we can just make people hot then yeah, the right. world will be better so i do that's an, that's, interesting, that's an interesting point because it is harm reduction if you make <sighs> someone hot then at the very least they'll just like make bad art yeah or at the very worst i mean they'll make bad art it's like at least they won't try to bomb iran no they're just gonna go to burning man and like paint their nails yeah and that's okay (laughs) wow you know um i back in when i was in college my english professor was naked in the locker room a lot and i was like this is tight (gasps) i used to have a swim teacher when i was like yeah when i was like 12 who was australian and like six foot seven (laughs) just had truly a seven foot penis and we would just all be in the locker room and he would just be so non like so blase and non and whatever about taking off his clothes and i'd be like are we just not going to address your monster (laughs) elephant drunk cock that is right in front of me as i'm realizing i'm gay i yeah i did swim team and being in the locker room with adult men at the ymca across this nation uh seeing adult male dicks as like an 11 year old was like whoa this is nuts oh not so literally yeah literally there were <laughs> literally. literally literally oh my god wait nori i want to get to your topic oh yeah so, that's a good point yeah um serious and i want you in fact to describe how you got to it because i think it's interesting um you want me to tell my story Yes. Yes. I and and Next only story. if you feel comfortable. Um. Thank you. I I just had a oh oh my god. I I just have to bring it back to industry talk, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. That. I'm I not going to do it. Boundary. That's a boundary, and I'm not going to do it. Okay. This is growth. This is called growth. You are you are witnessing a human growing and doing. You're a actually you're growing taller before our eyes. Think, <laughs> okay. Rude. Um, uh, all right. So, yeah. So basically, I yesterday I watched all five um, episodes of The Undoing um, in a row and binged it. How long is each one? Like an hour. Love that. You know, I binged it. Let's 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 talk. Let's be real. And basically, Nicole Kidman is you know the ultimate glamour girl. Wounded. Check. Glamorous. Check. Truth seeker. Uh, double check. <laughs> she's, she's speaking the truth. Okay. Wow. Um, but in it, you know, it it really centers around a husband and a wife, and them not having trust. And it made me realize that every straight couple I've ever met um, don't have trust. They they don't trust each other. They um they're scared that one of them will murder the other person. They're scared of right. the murder of murder. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's so very much fascinating. The foundation of so many straight relationships is fear of murder. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which is metaphorical because I think, you know, I feel like the penis murders the vagina. There's like some Freudian, there's a Freudian sure. um, 
element. To yes, if we're talking about kind of, uh, you know, cis heteronormative intercourse, it is very much my favorite. a penetration. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what did you say? My favorite. That, that is my favorite. That is, the, out of all the... I mean, listen, nothing like a classic, just two oh. cis straight people. It's like, you know when you go to haagen and it's like, all it is, it's sugar, it's milk, yes. and it's egg. <laughs> yeah, cis, cis gender straight people are the haagen of the <laughs> yes. of human. There's no xanthan gum, there's no, no. like, No cardamom, no. cardamom spiced uh, matcha, no. you know, no. Mm-mm. This is, that is Sometimes, that's my favorite. What? That's my favorite. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah no, I agree. I agree. No, That's it's genius. So um, I guess in queer relationships, do you feel that um, there is not a fear of murder? Well, there is, but from the outside. So it's like we mm. both will be murdered. Oh, my God. So you're saying that with straight people, it's like they they know the darkness comes from within themselves. Mm, yes. So it's like queer people are afraid of, of of society around them, whereas straight people are like, well, everything seems pretty peaceful here. We are society. Right. We, we are. are society. What if we know what we're capable of? <laughs> Town and country. You know, it's, it's um, I don't know Great why, like, I don't know why I said that. Um, no, that, that town and country. Town and country. <laughs> have, town you, country. Have, you read, have you, have you read a town, town and country? country? I have not. I've not Very read strange. Town and Country. Oh, a hundred percent. Town and Country. I mean, Town and Country is one of those things where you're like, "Oh, wow, this is still happening, huh?" Yeah. What is it? It's like a home, like a home magazine. So it's a little bit of oh. architecture, a little bit of like homemaking, a little bit of interior design, and a whole lot of society. Oh, yes. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sheesh. And then the cover will be like randomly jennifer garner's garden yeah it's always like it's always one of the well i feel like charlotte and sex in the city what magazine did they want to be like her and trey like what was the cover oh i'm sure i'm sure it was, was, it yeah, Home it was and garden like, it was like something like that something like yeah, that yeah or town and country it is town and country is one of those things that seems so peaceful because it's so sinister Mm. It's just like yelling at you. Jennifer Garner is gardening. <laughs> yeah. And you're like yelling. Well, the storyline of that Charlotte Trey moment is that they were taking this picture where all the girls in America would be like, I want to be her. But in fact, he couldn't get hard unless he was play raping her. Wait. <laughs> That's how they solved that? Hold on. <laughs> this is real. This is that was the story. So, no, I remember that Trey could not get hard. But where does that fit into the magazine cover? So, so we because they were she wanted to do the cover and he was like, We're broken. We have no real marriage. Why are we doing this? And she was like, Well, because it's something I care about. And so last minute he did come to take the photo. But that that was the moment their marriage completely ended was that day. Uh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. You can't write this stuff. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Darren Starr. Yeah, no, that, that actually was all improvised. <laughs> that was improvised. That whole storyline was improvised. They didn't. No, it's people yeah. don't know. Sex is like curb your enthusiasm, and that it was all improvised. Mostly, it's mostly just them goofing off on set, and then they sort of edit it you together and make it make sense. You have, to add, you have to just make your own stuff with your friends. Like you can't wait for people to, um, to give you a script. 
fun fact, Samantha was actually supposed to be more of the Charlotte. And right. she just started saying sex stuff, and they were like, okay. At this first, people were uncomfortable because she was cast to be the Charlotte, and then she <laughs> kept being like, oh, honey, anal? I did that this morning. And everyone yeah. was like, wait, this is weirdly working. Yeah, um, and then Charlotte was like, meep, meep, meep. And then everyone was like, oh, okay, that's well, that works. A lot of people... A lot of people don't know Miranda was supposed to die season one, but <laughs> the producers just loved her so much that yeah. they were like, well, we got to write her into season two. Well, and by writer, I mean improvise her in. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people now think back to Sex and City and they say, you know, it was kind of empowering that women were talking about, frankly, about sex and all this stuff. In fact, the message of season one was, was going to be, if you have a career, you deserve to die. Yeah. And so Miranda was there specifically as a warning, as a kind of... <laughs> cautionary tale if you will two women considering having careers steve was supposed to be the killer <laughs> yeah. because he's the bar he's the bartender he's like late at night she invites him up to her place he was supposed to kill like full-on kill her right and then right. they, no, and it was they, had, they made, they made love that's the only part that was written explicitly all of the, everything else was improv but the one thing they told them was okay you guys you have to improv but it all has to lead to this pivotal scene with the murder of Miranda Bice. Yes. But the Irish community kept, they were like, oh, we're always the killers. We're always the murderers. And they pushed back. And so then, you know, long story short, he was our lover. You know, I, for one, am glad that the Irish community rose up and made their voices heard. Me too. Because they've been silenced. And this, this Steve moment just, it was pivotal. Well, the thing with the Irish community is... That then what ended up happening was that they kept casting other people to play Miranda's boyfriend, again, with the intention of having them kill her, each of different races. So Blair Underwood was black. And then she, um, who else did Miranda date? Um, so many. But, but the point is that then each time <laughs> that race would then, like the, you know, the, um, the viewers of that race would then protest and say, well, we can't have him do it. He's Italian. We can't yeah. have Blair Underwood. He's Greek. And so they kept just rotating through boyfriends saying, all right, then maybe he'll kill her. Maybe, maybe he'll, he'll kill her. Also, she ended up lasting for all of the series in two films. And then she came out as gay. Which yeah, is and the that's the power of and it's the power girl. of fan. Yeah. I mean, this is the, the oral history of Sex and City that they don't teach in these schools. They don't teach. Oral history? Oh, honey. More like oral herstory in the sense that I gave oral and I'm a woman. <laughs> that was actually uh, Kim Cattrall's audition. I mean, <laughs> she booked. <laughs> I mean, if, if, I I think it's so funny to think about Kim Cattrall starting to do the Samantha voice. Like, yeah, people are like, that's can't do that and she's like <laughs> she's like trust, like, trust me winner, bitch. people are gonna freak for this like i'm gonna do the samantha voice and they're like what is she talking about and she's like honey let me show you can you imagine can i say Nori, if you were one of the Texas city girls what would your personality be Ooh, i i'm definitely a carrie because i i wrote a vogue article recently really? um, that's right i, I did I, by recently i mean like a year ago um, That's recent. I did write it, yeah, and that was very a carry moment. And um, but I would say uh, Samantha was the first trans female character on TV, which is powerful. And so I am a little Samantha in that way. Um, but I feel like you know, break the binary. I think we're all we are all some parts of of each of them. But I think I'm a little I'm a little carry. 
I'm a little Samantha and I'm a little um, Aiden. I think there's some Aiden in me too. Wow. Yeah. You know? The fifth Sex and City girl, Aiden. Aiden. <laughs> in one sentence, why is Samantha trans? Oh, honey. <laughs> I used to have a dick. <laughs> um, I no. Oh, that was in the SNL sketch, right? Is I was actually, It's funny because I was just yes, I am. I'm referencing that because I'm just. I was just thinking about it because Christina Aguilera recently on a talk show was talking about that sketch, and it's like fully like 2020. And instead of being like, you know, it was a different time, and I'm so sorry, and like she could have done that. No, she was like delighting in it. She was like, oh, it was so funny. And the writers, the writers were like, maybe, maybe she's trans. And she was like, I remember being like, this is funny. Like, this is really <laughs> funny. And I'm like, no, 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 honey. Like, this is your time to be like, oh, that was a different time. We're so sorry. But she like doubled down, like on the moment. And also like, but you know how like the meatpacking district episode where it's like extremely offensive against trans people? Yeah. Like, why do they keep play, they like they play that episode most out of all of them? Like on <laughs> yeah, TV. they're like this is the one. This one's going on syndication. They play babe. it every night. It's like it's like a cue <laughs> to the trans community. They're like constantly playing it. Um, I mean, the thing, yeah, city, and of course, I would say it is like. I mean, it is especially um, offensive to to trans people and and gender minorities in general. But I do think the thing with sex and city is just that it is deeply conservative. Yes. Like ultimately it's like the moral of any kind of, whenever there's any kind of deviance, it's like, thankfully she got over it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Miranda got her ass eat and that's the episode where they're like, let's kill her. Like we're going to fucking, <laughs> she just got her ass eaten. Let's kill that bitch. And then God, I, again, I, she laughed. Oh, because I remember the punchline was literally Christina Aguilera going, I'm a dude. I'm a dude. Mm. And Christina quoted that in the interview. I think it m- might have been on Bravo. I- I'm not 100% sure, but that makes sense. And she was like, she was like laughing and she did it again. She went, I'm a dude. And then they all started laughing. And I'm like, it's 20, like, you can't, like, we're, it's a different you can't do that anymore. Like Tina Fey can't, you know, Tina Fey knows that she she can't say she, she can't write in she mail every other line. Yeah. Well, does she know? Does she? I don't <laughs> like, know. Like, I feel like she's still trying, you Tina know? Fey, Tina Fey, there's some like, I feel like behind, I'm, I'm never working in this industry again, but I feel like behind Tina Fey, there's like an anger that yeah. feels like it's, cast inward towards like women and gender minorities and i'm just like what is this what happened the thing is unfortunately not to get in trouble but i do think often what happens is if you are a let's say a white gay man or a this straight white woman basically one uh step removed from power you work so hard to then integrate yourself into those power structures. And then, right. and then to do that work so hard only to then be criticized feels like such a slight. Cause you're like, I sacrificed so much of to course. be the one, whatever. And it's like very difficult. I think for people like that to then take criticism well. A hundred percent. I mean, it's like lean in feminism to its core. Like, 
100% it's about that. And it just, it's just interesting when you, when you rewatch 30 Rock, like how many moments the punchline is the person of color or the woman or the trans person. It's like, it's just, it, it's so often. And it, it's like, oh my God, like this person, even more so than others, like really, this is, this is their, their way of comedy. It's, it's interesting. I'm not, I'm not too affected by it. It doesn't really elicit any emotion. I'm just kind of like, huh, like, yeah. even her cover, I actually like, think it's actually cool and like fun. <laughs> George is like, this is over. This pod- podcast is over. Thank you for coming on. It's done. Yeah, yeah no, We're I actually, actually, down. thank you for all those examples of things I love and think are <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Justina Faye produced the podcast, and I just had no idea. She produced the first few episodes, and then um, we had to work with someone that was not a woman. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. It's just found her- I don't know. It's interesting to me. And, like, even the cover of her book, it's, like, it's like man hands. And it's, yes. like, that's oh, what makes sure. it funny. And what makes but it funny is, is like, like, man hands. Yes. But it, it is, like... Uh, it was like the last breath. It is truly like, are women men? Like, it, it, it's like that. It's almost like that's the ultimate question of a certain kind of comedy. <laughs> and I think that's where I feel like that's where the hate towards trans people comes from is that we muck it up because it's like, oh, I have this like interesting take on like men versus women. And then you have like non binary people who exist and who are funny and who like fuck that up, not intentionally, but just because they exist. And then I think a lot of these comedians are just like, well, fuck you. Like, I have this, like, really right. funny thing going. Right. Well, I need my premise. Like, maybe the initial take was progressive. It's like, oh, my take is like, actually, women are better than men. But then in order to have that take, you are accepting the specific binary that, like, is the groundwork for a joke like that. So then when someone comes in and is like, actually, no, then you're like, what? I was on your side, you dumb bitch. <laughs> it's like, and it's funny because when it, when I watch SNL, I really am just, I'm trying not to get work. No, we have, have to. <laughs> yeah. Is this bad? Is this really bad? No, I mean, oh, it's, okay. it's... No, this is interesting, I would argue. You said it. I did not say <laughs> it. You said, said it. it. Honey, you said, you said it. But even in SNL, it's funny how like, um, when they're trying to include diversity in the writing, they kind of just like name drop that like binary non-binary people like exist, and then they like move on with the punchline, which is that like women suck, or like it's just like it's so it's just so interesting to me that like the way that they're dealing with diversity in a lot of these shows is just to like acknowledge that something exists, and then they just like continue onward with their like dumb thing. Yeah, well, we live in a in a um caveat culture which is what i call when someone says what they were going to say anyway and just mentions a caveat so they're like obviously we live on stolen land but we're recruiting at dropbox thank you mm. that's exactly mm-hmm. what i mean it's like and then like people oh my god never mind i'll i'll be quiet it's just yeah there's i i, I do have thoughts about different things but i I, yeah, yeah. thankfully we don't. Yeah, I haven't had a thought about a thing in a long time. I enjoy that you can chill with your thoughts. I mean, it's so nice to have a glamour girl on here that has um, thoughts and reporting um, because I, I, I haven't done that in years. They're going to do like brain scans of Terry Schiavo like in five years, and they're going to see that she was one of the most progressive trans rights leaders 
in history. That like she had like she had some of the most progressive ideas about gender ever. They're gonna do a, a brain scan of her, and it's gonna be like, wait, she thought the Sex in the City sketch from SNL was transphobic. <laughs> <laughs> wait let's bring her back to life glamour <laughs> <laughs> girls unite after you solve refinery 29 next step bringing dairy back to life like, oh, all special, like lizzo performing like lizzo performs <laughs> like terry shabu comes out and it's just this like body inclusive like just like fast like of just like you know wait speaking of body inclusivity and lizzo when i was in college and Terry Shivo, in fact. When I was in college, there was this one woman who was in the gender studies department, and her whole thing, like the theoretical monogram or the the kind of um work she was working on was on dead bodies as like deserving more rights and being marginalized. Wait. What? It was literally like a joke that a that like a Republican would write about. Like next thing you know, they're gonna be yeah. <laughs> they're gonna be like putting bodies. She literally, it was literally like about how the corpse needs to it, it, like from a fem like dead bodies from a feminist perspective. Anyway, the point is, recently I looked her up, and she now works <laughs> now works like at a consulting firm. Oh no! I mean, that's queen shit. That's queen shit. That's queen shit. All bodies matter, even dead ones, babe. Literally, even dead ones. <laughs> oh my oh god. god, that's terrific. That really it was my mind. dead body queer like that. I, I I wish I could remember the exact uh, framing of it, but was she glamorous? Here's the thing: she had kind of an austere haircut that was like. Um, like strict black bangs and then like an asymmetrical bob. So in that sense, you could say she was glamorous. That sounds glamorous. And I think being like literally just getting on a stage in front of a podium and being like, dead bodies are queer is glamorous. (laughs) Dead bodies are queer. I mean, that is like, sounds like so made up. (laughs) I love that. I love when academia uh, eats its own tail. Stupid. Really the stupidest. <laughs> was she white? Was she a white woman? Well, I, she was white passing. I don't know what her. Um, I don't remember what her name was, or, or like, I, I don't remember much else about her. But in my mind, she's white. She was like, I like she, to she say was white adjacent. I say white, white adjacent. adjacent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm glad she found work as a consultant. I think that's yeah. awesome yeah, sauce. And rad. <laughs> do you think she works? She, do you think there she's like, <laughs> now that she's working in consulting, she's part of like an employee group that's like about advocating for dead bodies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like some of our employees are dead bodies and they also should have a seat at the table. I feel like McKinsey has killed so many people that like McKinsey would have a group to like advocate for the dead bodies. Yeah, yeah they, they just give them... <laughs> wow wow Wait, okay i want to go back to trust issues though oh, oh right wow. we kind of like left wow what a journey so... <laughs> huh huh i'm like wait so george did you have something you wanted to say about them or no do you <laughs> I sure no 
You know, we no. talked about um, sort of the trust issues between straight couples. We talked about the trust issues between queer relationships. But what we haven't talked about is the trust issues between um, queer podcasts, hosts, and guests. You know why? <laughs> you know why? Because I talked to Drew. I talked to Drew before. And he was like, he was like, if if you can take anything from this conversation, just don't trust them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's so interesting mm-hmm. because when I talked to Drew, he said, Nori, funniest person I've ever met. Like, you'd be lucky to have her. And then, of course, he called you and said, you'll never believe who asked me about you. <laughs> you know, it's funny because Drew, I don't know who that is. I've never, Drew Anderson, I don't know who that is. But mm-hmm. it's a generic um, name. Is that a? Per- I don't know. I've never heard of him. Is was he? Has he? Is has he been in Paper Magazine? <laughs> um, then I don't know him. Then I. Don't know that's that. that's the question on everybody's lip. But like, I, Drew's my friend who I like talk all my shit to, and I'm I'm terrified that one day he'll share, kind of like the Princess Diana tapes. I'm just like terrified. Yeah, you're, you're a lot like Princess Diana. I'm the Princess Diana of um the America. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people. That's what people say. You know, Nori. I would argue that while you do shit talk a lot to Drew, you also are pretty open about shit talking, <laughs> even on a podcast. <laughs> a recorded podcast. <laughs> you don't seem to hold them close to you. I have such issues, and like I, my therapist retired recently, and so I haven't had therapy in like two months. And God, I'm just like, I feel like I, I really need to like censor myself. Um, but no, I talk so much shit to him. And so, yeah, he's my shit talking friend for sure. Yeah. Who do you think was Princess Diana's shit talking friend? Oh, oh, that's good. Believe me. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know. I like, who did she talk shit to? Like, that's such a good question. That is an excellent question. Um, um, no, that's I, that's an excellent question. I'm going to sit on that because I really who was her who was her gay who was her. If she didn't have one, then I would love to write a movie that's like a very faithful historical, you know, biopic about Diana. Except I add a gay best friend character played by Mario Cantone. Um, Mario Cantone was supposed to be straight in Sex and the City. Yes, and then he and then he improvised really gay. gay. He kept being gay. Oh, yeah. They already had gay. Well, what's weird is that the four girls were supposed to be butch lesbians. Then <laughs> <laughs> they kept improvising as straight. And in fact, Mario Cantone was supposed to be this kind of like manly straight best friend. And but then they all improvised in a different way. Yes. Um I think we should do our final segment. And that is the tea. <laughs> Yeah. So Nori, our final segment is called shout outs where we give a shout out to something we enjoy uh, or whatever, sort of in the style of uh, 2001 TRL, you're shouting out to your squad back home. Um, I actually have one, George, if you don't mind me g- taking the lead on this one, on this project. Um, okay, what's up, listeners? Um, I just want to give a huge shout out to guys that get completely naked in the locker room. I think what you do is so powerful, and I wish we were all a little more comfortable getting naked in the locker room because I think it is cool, empowering, hot, but it doesn't have to be hot. I, I like it, it is hot, but it doesn't have to be hot. Um, and uh, generally, um, keep up the good work. You are incredible, you are uh, beautiful, and we love you. Woo! What's up, listeners? I want to give a quick shout out to the book I just finished, where in one scene, a pack of flamingos fall from the sky into a pool. 
I'm not going to say what book it is because that would be a spoiler, but I just want to say what an evocative image. Imagine a bright, like light blue pool and then bright pink flamingos falling from the sky into that pool. I mean, the and, and, and guess what? The book is being made into a movie because it's one of those books that's actually horribly written and it's only made so that it can be adapted into a movie. And to that I say, go off, sis. That's me <laughs> to the author. Because I think I would love to see a film adaptation of four bright pink flamingos falling into a pool. We have to stand. I am living for it, hunty. And that's that on that, T-sis. Hi, readers. This is your girl, Nori. And I really want to shout out Nicole Kidman's hair in The Undoing. It's luscious. It's spirally. It's an orange-red that's so specifically Australian. Don't ask me about it. And um, it's also possibly a wig, but who knows? Woo! I love that you started clapping for yourself before we started clapping for you. Trust issue. God, I have to say, Nori, we really did touch on everything. The fact that we only coined the term glamour girl a mere hour and a half ago, or hour and 15 ago, is crazy to me. Because now it's totally canon. We fully developed the concept. Completely canon. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, This has been beautiful. Thank you so much for doing the pod, Nori. I, I had such a good time, and I uh, please censor like three fourths of what I said. We're we're censoring every moment where you speak. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tina. I oh, and, and you know what? I. We should start just saying I'm sorry at the end of every episode. Yeah. To everyone out there, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.